0: What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Ed Minty asks if Darth Vader is overused. I
1: honestly don't think so. I think that in live action, in live action specifically and animation, on-screen stuff, I think they have used him appropriately. Even in most of the comics and books, uh I don't think he is overused like every time that they come back and they say we're doing another Vader comic. I'm like, what more do you have to say about this character? And they always surprise me, even in this latest third run. Um, so even though he pops up constantly, I'm going to say I think they use him appropriately. It, it is a lot still. Your thoughts?
0: <laughs> um, I think that he is overused, but I see your point. I see what you're saying. They have done a, a little bit better job, I think, for the very big projects to keep him mostly only where we need him. But he just seems to, like you said, he just seems to pop up all the time. I will say this doesn't really matter as much to talk about for content, but he is definitely overused in merchandising.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, he (laughs) is like one of the most marketable Star Wars characters. Like everyone knows who Darth Vader is, even if they haven't seen Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, or, or in my case, he's a character that grabs attention. Like, that's how I got into Star Wars is because I saw Darth Vader and was like, tell me everything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that he is... Th- there are so many stories about him, and I'm like, we don't have to keep going back to this well. Every story they've told about him, I think, has been good. So that's why I'm like... Maybe I feel a little bit of fatigue on the character, but it doesn't feel overused to me because his appearances still matter and they they are important. Like his small cameo at the end of the Clone Wars, he was rarely used in Star Wars Rebels Season 2, but they were impactful. Um, I don't think they've brought the character out f- with no purpose, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. Does this count for Anakin, too, or is this just this only Vader?
1: I'm saying only Vader.
0: I, I guess sometimes I just feel like a lot of people use this character as a crutch, and it can happen sometimes in storytelling, where it, like, no, it, it doesn't all have to revolve around Anakin slash Vader and how these characters connect back to him. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I do see what you're saying there, where, you know, rogue one it could have been a really fun surprise that vader popped up but again it kind of goes back to marketing i think it was more of a crutch in marketing Mm -hmm. that they're like hey everyone get excited for rogue one all these new characters and also darth vader (laughs) uh and then the obi-wan kenobi story you know people were excited for that series already but the reaction when they were like darth vader's coming back like we're confirming it now Mm -hmm. uh Even though that makes complete sense, it still does feel like you could have saved some of this stuff just for the show. I'm more thinking of Rogue One at this point because I I think that that would have really taken people by surprise and those last scenes would have been even more impactful had we not known. It's kind of like the whole Terminator 2 thing where the, (laughs) the movie is set up so that you are afraid of Arnold Schwarzenegger uh for the first half hour or whatever and you're like oh no he's hunting john connor and you're supposed to be rooting for the t-1000 and then it gets flipped and you're like wait a minute but they ruined that in trailers just because it's like won't this be interesting he's the hero now
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's the same kind of when we started hearing about what the obi-wan show was going to be and everybody kept calling it the rematch of a century uh a lot of people's expectations like shot up for a lot of like cool lightsaber fights from Vader. Mm. And we really just got the one.
1: Yeah. And th- that's kind of to my point of when they bring him back, it's for good purpose. It's to say something about the character at that point in time to show how he didn't change for 10 years and how he's going to change for the coming nine. Uh, what pushes him to become the Darth Vader we see in A New Hope. So... Even though it's more in the publishing side when I'm like, we're doing another Darth Vader comic, really? And then I, it still wins me over, but I am at this point where I'm like, there are other characters. We can get away from Vader and Anakin and all of the Skywalkers. Yes, we,
0: we wrapped up the Skywalker saga with, with episode nine. Yeah,
1: so. but even then, I think they've kept a pretty good balance of you know, I'm getting my new stuff out of the High Republic, the Acolytes coming. I think they're going to keep expanding. And if they want to keep pulling Darth Vader in every once in a while, telling a new story about him. I'm not going to complain.
0: This reminds me, just because I just finished Shadow of the Sith, that book was great and had like so many cool dark side things in it. No Vader.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of cool dark side stuff we can do outside of Vader.
0: Donkey Gut Punch wants to know if Dr. Pershing is now working with the New Republic.
1: Yeah, so if you we're lucky enough to see the Mandalorian season three footage at Star Wars celebration or elsewhere where it might be floating around online at this point. Uh, Dr. Pershing seems like he, I don't know if he's in cahoots with the new Republic or if they just have him captured. What do hmm. you think?
0: I, it's hard to say because I don't remember that footage very well.
1: There, there were a but, couple of shots of him kind of like sitting with... Who I would assume is a New Republic intelligence officer. They're just at a table. There's a shot of him walking around with the uh, comms officer from The Mandalorian Season 2. I, I wish I could remember that actor's name. But uh, it does seem like he's there. It does seem like he has a level of freedom too. Mm. So could you... I guess I do think he is, if not actively helping the New Republic... Like, maybe he's struck a deal where he'll give them information.
0: Yeah, I think that's more likely. That that with the promise of, of safety and security for him, he's like, okay, I'm not super loyal to either side here, but you're promising me safety, so I'll tell you what I know.
1: Do you think he cares about Grogu in, like, a real way? Because I am thinking of episode three.
0: Not, like he should not like you
1: do not like you do no one does not like den does do you think you care about grogu more than den yes okay we'll just have that on the record but (laughs) uh pershing did have that moment in chapter three where he's like he gets in front of grogu and he's like don't hurt him don't hurt him Mm -hmm. he thought den was there to kill the child and he stopped him
0: i don't think he cares much for his well-being no
1: it's like he's definitely doing he experiments about, on him. He
0: cares about the science behind it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think that's more likely. Um, but it's like, that, that moment is interesting. It's
0: like people who sent a dog to the moon, they cared about the science and not the dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For all mankind, watch it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I feel like he does show some level of like, he's just a child. He he does seem to have a le- So I'm just kind of walking myself through Is he working with the New Republic willingly? Like, is he giving information, trying to stop the Empire from whatever they're doing? How did he get roped into all of this in the first place?
0: He didn't really seem super loyal with the Empire. Just kind of like, I mean, a lot of people working for the Empire is kind of their only choice and they're kind of having their hands forced into it
1: right like I wonder if he himself was captured and forced into this yeah because yeah he flipped on the Empire as soon as they captured him and he got part of his ear shot off yeah but yeah I I'm gonna go with I, I hope that he is actively helping like choosing to help the new Republic sure there's probably probably a deal involved but I'm I'm hopeful that he genuinely does have some care for Grogu and maybe he wants to make things right
0: we'll see dr pershing
1: do the right thing you watch it (laughs) molly's watching you
0: (laughs) elliot finn asks if the acolyte will be an ongoing series or will it be limited
1: Hmm. i have i guess in my mind i've been treating it as if it would be a one season thing maybe that's just to not get my hopes up
0: (laughs) that's that's a good place to start i'm gonna just go with my gut and say it'll be ongoing, but we really won't know until we get an idea of how large of a scale storytelling this is Mm going to be.
1: I mean, I I think it has plenty of room to be multiple seasons and flesh out the high Republic era for, excuse me, for people who hadn't read about it. And now they're getting to see it on screen. You know, there's plenty of room to expand on whatever you're doing. Uh, It just seems like a lot of the M.O. for these stories, I'm mostly focusing on Marvel, but a lot of them are just one-offs. It seems like. Mm -hmm. Loki is going to have a season two for sure. I bet more of them will, but right now it seems like they're doing one-off stories. But I'm hopeful it's more.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it could really go either way. And, like, we all thought that, you know book of boba fett and obi-wan would be one-offs and they probably are but it's like they said in interviews it's like well i don't know we'll see you know anything could happen not
1: to totally shift things but there was like a flyer for a a concert in argentina and it had that was like co-produced by disney and they were giving out like here's the star wars stuff on disney plus and it said like obi-wan kenobi streaming now the Mandalorian, seasons one and two, streaming now. Season three, coming soon. Bad Batch, season two, coming soon. And then it says, Book of Boba Fett, season one, streaming now. Season two, coming soon. So I don't know if that accidentally got out. Maybe they will do a season two. Maybe. Maybe they'll let him off Tatooine.
0: Could have been lost in translation. Yeah. Uh. But, yeah, I think they're going to make whatever they think will make them money. So Boba Fett sells... Well,
1: (laughs) I do think that's the answer. Like, I won't be surprised if they go into The Acolyte with a multi season plan, but they might put it out, see the reaction, and then move forward from there. Because this is new territory. It's the High Republic on screen. They might have some level of confidence thanks to the books being like, oh, a lot of those hit the top of the New York Times bestsellers. So, If we got the the publishing side hooked, Mm -hmm. then maybe that's a good sign of what's to come for uh, how people will react to this era on screen.
0: Do we have any idea if that Young Jedi Adventures show is going to come before the Acolyte? Chronologically? Just like what's going to be released to the public first?
1: Yes, that should come out first because the Acolyte has not started filming yet. Um, the acolyte mm. will probably come out in early 2024, if I had to guess. And I the, wonder
0: if that would lead into something for the acolyte because that's also set in the High Republic, mm-hmm. and like there's tons of stuff to choose from from the books so far. But usually, shows will spin off of from other shows. Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they they teased some things, and it, that is a full on. I think from what I read, it's a full on series. It's not like Forces of Destiny Mm -mm. or Galaxy of Adventures, which I kind of thought it would be.
0: It'll be like Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, it's going to be targeted at a very young audience, Um, but it is a full-on series. And I don't know, the High Republic era is so big by itself. It spans hundreds of years. So there's room for the books to take place here and... the the young adventures to take place way over here. And then we know the Acolyte is taking place at the tail end of the era. So I don't know, it could be spread out, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were hints of what's to come. Anyway, I hope there are multiple seasons of the Acolyte. I'm trying to temper my expectations.
0: Doomslayer 420 wants to know how things would have been different if Qui-Gon had actually joined the Jedi Council.
1: So specifically talking about the book Master and Apprentice, where he is offered a position... Um, but he chooses to continue training Obi-Wan instead. I don't really think he would have shifted the timeline significantly, mostly because I just don't think the other members of the Jedi Council would have listened to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, is this this saying we're still going to find Anakin?
1: Maybe not. Well... (laughs)
0: Because, like, I think if he had been on the Council when Anakin was being trained by whoever, things would have been a lot different for him.
1: Yes. And he may not have. Okay. I-, I was thinking of it as basically like this is the one thing that changed. But you're right. That that would mean he probably wouldn't be on the mission where Anakin was discovered. And he might be on the council. Let's assume Anakin's still discovered and then brought to the council. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon would have been like, you got to train this kid. Although we don't know what master would have gone to Tatooine. It could have been Luminara Unduli, and she would have been like, oh, you're a slave? How sad. Well, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm thinking just assume the only thing that's different by the time Anakin is being trained um, as a Padawan is that Qui-Gon is part of the council.
1: But he's not training Anakin. Right. Mm.
0: But I think... I think that would have made things really different for Anakin because he would have had a friend that isn't Palpatine. That's true. On the council. And even if they weren't technically friends at that point, like <clears throat> I think Qui-Gon just would have been on the right level to be able to speak to Anakin in a way that's like a little bit more warm and forgiving.
1: Even if he weren't specifically his master, uh he would still be able to yeah be a mentor
0: yeah and i don't think qui-gon by himself would have been able to really change how the council did things as a whole but it probably would have helped uh for the better
1: like part of me wonders if he just if he got onto the council if they would have kicked him out two weeks later (laughs) like just we're already tired
0: he wants to change (laughs) the carpet he wants to put everyone in daily uh, yoga classes. He's like, this is going to be great. We have a salad bar. And they're like, get out. Get out. out.
1: <laughs> Cheeseburgers are nothing. <laughs> so then maybe he joins. He's kicked off the council. He still winds up going to Naboo. And everything happens exactly the same. Honestly, that sounds pretty realistic. Yeah. I just don't see the rest of the council truly listening to him.
0: Probably not. I don't know why in this scenario I'm thinking of him as like a hippie.
1: I mean, compared to Coming the rest of the, the council, council.
0: <laughs> he's giving everyone death sticks. <laughs> Chill out, man. Midichlorians—they're in our blood. Okay. <laughs> Cody James asks, "What that ball of light at the end of the Phantom Menace is?" Oh boy.
1: Uh huh. You know why you gotta I picked bring, this?
0: You got to bring this back up.
1: You know why I picked this? Uh. It, so, what is it, Molly?
0: It's plasma. Uh-huh. It's why a do- plasma ball.
1: And why? Why do we know that?
0: Because of Dragon Contra. Uh-huh.
1: So uh, last year at Dragon Con Trivia 2021, uh, Molly and I were in the final three with uh, Marie, who is a fellow Schmodown competitor, and she won the Dragon Con Trivia in 2020, which you can watch on our channel because we streamed it. And so it's the three of us, and they asked, what is that ball? Uh, not what what it's called. It's called the Globe of Peace. It What it... Is, is a symbol of peace between the Gungans and the Naboo, and it's the Naboo giving the Gungans just a gift, a shiny, pretty gift. Mm-hmm. And we were asked, what is it literally made out of? And we didn't know, so what did you put?
0: Well, I put... Something that it is technically correct. I said, it's a major award.
1: Yeah, but what is that? It's a major award. That's true, yes. <laughs>
0: I, I went the Christmas story route and I said, it's a major award.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. And so I wrote The Dreams of Gungan Children. And then Marie won because she knew. And it's literally just plasma. And we were both like, we are such idiots. Like, if we had just <laughs> guessed we might have gotten it
0: i that thought did cross my mind i was like well i know plasma exists in star wars because that's the the plasma refinery is where the big fight in phantom menace takes Mm -hmm. place why it's connected to the palace who who knows
1: yeah because the palace needs a lot of power yeah but yeah we were just like we could have kept going we could have still been in the game uh If only we had thought to make an actual guess instead of write joke answers.
0: It's fine. If we had all gotten that right, it would would have had the potential to keep going on forever.
1: That's true. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. They sent us their daily vitamin supplement, AG1. I started taking AG1 to see if it would help give me more energy, especially in the morning. I like coffee, but I know caffeine isn't the best for you, so I thought swapping it out with AG1 would be an interesting experiment. I've been taking one scoop mixed with 10 or 12 ounces of water first thing after I wake up. It's loaded with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more. I would say that it has helped me wake up and have more productive days in the month or so that I started taking it. I've also noticed that I've been falling asleep easier, which has been a struggle for me as long as I can remember. AG1 costs less than $3 a day, and your subscription also includes a year's supply of vitamin D. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash starwars. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash starwars to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to the show.
0: On to YouTube questions. JS wants to know when Luke learned Ray was a Palpatine.
1: So, you just finished Shadow of the Sith and we were kind of debating this already. I do think that Luke has enough context clues to not necessarily know that Rey is a Palpatine, but he might be able to put together that this girl that shows up on Octo and says she's from Jakku, he might be able to realize, oh, that's the girl that Lando and I were trying to help years ago and uh, didn't successfully.
0: But he didn't know who Dathan was.
1: No. No. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he would be able to go, she's a Palpatine right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think he knows enough. He might be able to say, that's that girl that we tried to help. Yeah. Um, so then knowing that knowledge, do you think he could make another jump in logic?
0: <sighs> this is frustrating. This All the storytelling, having to try to make sense is kind of frustrating. but. I don't know. I think there has to be something else that he learns elsewhere for this to work. Like he has to learn that there were these projects. I hate to call Dathan a project, but he was kind of an experiment. Yeah. I think Luke would have had to have learned that those experiments were happening and that that some of them are just living out in the world as as normal people. And then maybe he could have put two and two together. Honestly, though, I think it was just... The the movies made it seem like it was just that he sensed it. Him, him and Leia kind of sensed it in her.
1: My headcanon has always been that it was after he became one with the Force. Because then you kind of exist outside of time and space. And I feel like he would be able to know everything. Uh, or maybe Galaxy brain. Yeah, or maybe immediately Yoda or Obi-Wan were like, hey Luke, good to have you here. Uh, that girl's a Palpatine. <laughs> Just quick heads up. And then I think he told Leia. That's been my headcanon. But it, it is possible that. Uh, I'm sorry, who uh, presented this question?
0: Uh, J.S.
1: So J.S., uh, I think, put forth the idea that it was after he reconnected with the Force on Octo, uh, which would then kind of add some urgency to him running back to the hut <laughs> mm-hmm. when he's like, Ray! I have to tell you something big. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. I don't really think that's the case. It's possible. I I think it makes the most sense for me to have him find out after he died.
0: Yeah. This is, I mean, there's a lot of things that frustrate me about episode nine. We all know this. I'm learning to love it. Uh, But this is one of the things that, Does bother me every time it comes up, like the fact that Luke and Leia just knew Hmm. who she was. And it's like, well, how, how, how? It's fine that they didn't, that they knew that and they knew that she was gonna go on and do great things and didn't think it was relevant to like have to tell her. Uh, I love that, yeah. But yeah,
1: they they didn't let it affect how they felt about her, but it is very much like Obi-Wan not telling. Luke. It's like the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which, I don't know if that was the plan all along.
1: Oh, it certainly wasn't. I mean, like, I'm thinking of Luke at the end of Empire going, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, he wanted to know. He wished he knew. So it seems like if he knew in life, he would have told Rey. Which, again, JS is pointing out that maybe he was rushing to the hut to tell Rey. It's possible.
0: Yeah. I mean... I guess the simplest way to explain it is that, yeah, force ghosts just know a little bit more than everybody else. Yeah,
1: but then Leia knew and didn't tell Rey, and I wonder if ghost Luke was constantly like, Leia, you should tell her. I would have wanted to know.
0: <laughs> I I would really like to know if once Luke became one with the, one with the force and learned to be a force ghost, if they had conversations, Luke and Leia. I think so. I think so too, but like show us that. Yeah. Matthew Kelly asks if Cassian and Mon Mothma will work together a lot in season one of Andor. I don't think
1: so. I'm just basing this off of interviews and stuff that they've said. I think we're going to see a story where they start very far apart. And in the final episodes, they finally meet and come together.
0: Yeah, I think at this point, Cassian is going to be very much out in the thick of it. And Mon Mothma is obviously like, hanging out with all the politicians, going to parties, hanging out in Coruscant.
1: I think Gilroy said that Cassian, like most of season one, Cassian is on this one planet and they're just kind of not on a galactic scale, but on a planetary scale fighting the Empire. And Mon Mothma is fighting the Empire from Coruscant mm-hmm. and doing what she can. And I think maybe part of the season will be about how those two, like the politics and the soldier come together to form the rebellion.
0: Right. And at some point, yeah, we'll probably see them actually meet in person for the first time and then learn that, like, yeah, down the road, she promotes him to rebel intelligence.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what the relationship is like because, I mean, they're in the same room together. She knows his name, but also Draven is above him. So it'll be interesting to see... You know why? Why wasn't Cassian in Draven's position if they did work closely together? Or I, I'm interested to see how much they interact.
0: Draven could have just been a little bit more connected with the people, the higher ups like Mon Mothma and stuff. Like he could have started out in that world and slowly moved into the more underground stuff, and then Cassian might have just been always in in the underground. Yeah. Star Wars Decoded wants to know if Rogue Squadron will be similar to Top Gun Maverick about a mentor teaching a new generation of pilots. I feel like we've covered this already. I
1: mean, I have been saying since Rogue Squadron was announced, and it sounded like it would be post-Episode 9, I was like, okay, so obviously it's about Wedge as the main, like, in the Maverick role, but I just said it was Wedge passing on the torch to new pilots. He's training new pilots, and then at the end they all go on a mission together. Which is exactly what happens in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that maybe they won't do that because that is the exact plot of Top Gun. But I will also say that Top Gun's plot is just a new hope as well. So, and I'm not, that's not a knock on the movie. I loved it. It's
0: poetry, it rhymes.
1: But they did a trench run, they had a thermal exhaust port that was three meters wide. So, uh, Top Gun pilots aren't as good as Luke and Wedge and Biggs. They, they had, they had, had to a, hit two meters. They
0: had a couple of unsuccessful first tries mm-hmm. and then the, the bad boy had to come in and fix it.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the kind of roguish character who was more selfish comes in and helps save the day at the end. Uh, so, yeah. I do think that...
0: Without a targeting computer? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Come uh, on. <laughs> Rooster had to use the force, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, again, not a knock on Top Gun Maverick. I loved it. I thought it was great. And so I'm like, if they do that same story, I don't care. People are definitely going to make those comparisons and be like, this is basically Top Gun. And it's like, that was probably always the
0: This tale the plan. is as old as time. Like the idea of the rough, older, like, I'm too old for this ish, and and like (laughs) ish the 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 like general who's like just about to retire and has to come back and and train the whippersnappers. Oh yeah, I mean like tons of movies use that as storytelling. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the same. Yeah,
1: and just because some surface elements uh, will be similar if they go that route doesn't mean it'll be a bad movie. Doesn't mean they can't tell a very different story. I mean, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I can point and connect dots and be like, look, it's the same, but also it's not. Like, the characters are different. The relationships are different. That's what really sets the movie apart. It's just funny to be like, Trench Run, Death Star, targeting computer. Like, Mm -hmm. it is funny.
0: Abject Permanence asks if Hu Yang has history about the Darksaber in his databanks.
1: I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Building off of last week, uh, we talked about Hu Yang and why uh, he might be needed for Ahsoka's mission. Also, I need to issue a correction. Plenty of people in the comments pointed out that uh, Ezra Ezra gave his lightsaber to Sabine. So I mentioned something about maybe they would try to track Ezra's lightsaber. So that would not work. Uh, Also, everyone told me that I said Sebastian... Stan instead of Sebastian Shaw. I'm so sorry. Shame. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Shame.
1: W- one little mistake and everyone's ready to pounce.
0: <laughs> I mean, I edited it and I was just like, do do do, that sounds right.
1: <laughs> I, I would have told you to keep it in, or I would have recorded like Shaw as a very obvious uh, <laughs> replacement. Anyway, uh, yeah, I imagine Hu Yang would know about the Darksaber because as long as he was around at the time of Tar Vizla, it was a Jedi lightsaber, so I would assume it was built with his supervision.
0: I This is really interesting, and I don't know why we'd never thought about this, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, this makes a lot of sense. And it kind of goes with my idea that this might not be his first appearance in a show. Hu Yeah. Like, he might show up in Mando Season 3 or something. Or
1: or, or the Bad Batch.
0: or Yeah, or Bad Batch. Like, he, he knows... Some stuff. He's been around for a long time. So I would not be surprised if he knew about the Darksaber.
1: Yeah. It's like we were using lightsaber construction as a jumping off point because that's what we know his primary thing is in the Clone Wars. But yeah, he's been around so long. He's got plenty of Jedi lore in there. It could connect back to Din and the Darksaber and all of that. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below, or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel.
0: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
1: And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.